Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Rabbin Alamin, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya wal mursaleen, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in amma ba'd, fa'awudhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, kullu nafsin dha'ikatul maut, wa innama tuwaffawna ujurakum, yawmal qiyamati faman zuhzi'ahanin nari, wa udkhilal jannata fakat faaz, wa mal hayatul dunya illa mata'ul ghurur, my dear respected, most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. First of all, I would humbly request some of the brothers who are scattered towards the sides and the back to stand up and make their way forward. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and bless your ibadah, your, your worship. We pray collectively that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, continue to keep our masajid inhabited with the dhikr of Allah. Uh, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We praise and glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in his house, to worship him, to glorify him, to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallama. And we pray that Allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future insha'Allah. Uh, just yesterday, uh, I was hearing of the passing of, of someone who, who I knew very well. This was an individual who had achieved much in his life, who had accomplished much, uh, who dedicated his life to the servitude of his people. Um, and the servitude of the people is the servitude of Allah. For indeed, the Prophet ﷺ informed us, وَاللَّهُ فِي عَوْنِ الْعَبْدِ مَا كَانَ الْعَبْدُ فِي عَوْنِ أَخِيهِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the service of he who is in the service of others. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the service of his abd, of his slave, so long as his slave is in the servitude of others. So as long as you continue to help people around you, you continue to assist people around you, you continue to lend a helping hand, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cover your faults. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will lift you up when you're down. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will inspire you when you seek inspiration. Uh, and we pray for, for the soul of, of, of this brother. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive for him his transgressions. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enter him into the gardens of Jannah. And it reminded me of something. It reminded me of something that, you know, multitudes of, of men and, and women, we can't even put a number on how many men and women have walked upon this earth and how many of them had dreams. Each, each and every one of them had different dreams, different inspirations, different ways in which they lived their lives. No two individuals were the same. Even those who were born of the same womb at the same time on the same day, they may be twins. They may be identical in appearance. Their DNA may be similar. Yet, different dreams, different inspirations, different forms of worship. They're not the same individuals, are they? They don't think exactly the same. No two individuals are the same. This is the divine creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's beauty within it. Everything is different about them except two things. What are those two things? Two realities that are consistent.
from the creation of Adam alayhi salatu wasalam up until the last person to die before Yawmul Qiyamah. They are born and they are going to die. Those are the two realities. Each and every one of us was born. We were born of a mother. We didn't just spring into being. One day we, were, we weren't there and the next day we just reappeared. No, we were born. We were raised. We worshipped, we transgressed, we sought forgiveness. We lived our lives the way we wanted to, with the freedom that we had. The choices that we made were our own. And then ultimately, a time came, that appointed time which none of us know. Only Allah knows when the angel of death came and took our souls. They're the only two realities, birth and death. Everything else in between was different. I live my life differently to the way you live your life. You live your life differently to the way he lives his life. Your dreams and your inspirations, your reality is different. But yet one thing remains consistent, that we are all going to die. We're all going to pass away. And that's a reality that each and every one of us first must accept. None of us can expect that we're going to live here forever. You know, the closest people to Allah were whom? Who are the closest people to Allah? The Anbiya. The blessed prophets of Allah. And among the prophets of Allah, who was the most closest to Allah? Who was the most beloved of Allah? The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Salawatuhu wa sallamhu He was the most beloved creation of Allah. He was that creation about whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, This is rahmatun lil'alameen. This is this, this Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's a mercy for not just one creation, one world, but for every world that I have created, I have sent Muhammad as a mercy for. That's how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam. The standing, the honor, the prestige, the dignity of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasalam is beyond question. But yet the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasalam was born of a mother, a blessed mother. He spent time here, he was here for an appointed time and then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away. And when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away, you know, from the, the shock and awe of the companions, when you read about what the companions felt at that time, you could tell the veneration, the deep veneration that they had for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Sayyidina Umar, what did he do? He, he ascended the pulpit. And he said, if anybody says that Muhammad is dead, Muhammad has passed away, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I will slit his throat. Sayyidina Ali was, 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 was completely speechless. He had lost his ability to speak. Sayyidina Uthman couldn't move from the shock of what transpired. And at that time, it was the one who was described as the one being... The softest of hearts. The softest of hearts, Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala. And this is uh, the prophetic quality of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That prophetic um, uh, 
knowledge and that prophetic wisdom that you know when the Prophet wasallam towards the end of his life he wanted to appoint somebody to lead the prayer when he was unable to lead he appointed Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an and there's a prophetic wisdom behind that people came to the Prophet alayhi salatu wasallam said Ya Rasulullah Abu Bakr is a crown upon our heads Abu Bakr is Siddiq Abu Bakr is the beloved of Allah Abu Bakr is your companion in the cave. The one mentioned in the Quran, The second of the two in the, in the cave. So we love him. He's a crown upon our hands. He's a jewel of the companions. But yet the Prophet, yet Ya Rasulullah, he's, he's soft-hearted. And when he recites the Quran, he recites quietly. And then he begins to cry in its recitation, appoint an imam, appoint an imam like Umar ibn al-Khattab ta'ala an. Umar has a loud, you know, loud voice. And Umar is strong, his recitation is strong that all of us behind him will be able to hear him. And the Prophet wasallam declined that request and said, no, Abu Bakr is going to continue to lead the prayer. And there was a reason, there's a prophetic wisdom behind that because when everybody else was shocked, when all of the companions were in awe, the, the Sahaba were in disarray after the passing of the Prophet wasallam, there was one companion who stood up among this chaos, this disarray, that voice of reason. And that was Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. And when he spoke, people listened. And he spoke with authority. And then people understood. He stood up and he recited that verse of the Quran. مَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ قَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ الرُّسُلُ أَفَإِمَّاتَ أَوْ كُتِلًا قَلَبْتُمْ عَلَىٰ أَقَابِكُمْ وَمَنْ يَنْقَلِبْ عَلَىٰ أَقِبَيْهِ فَلَنْ يَدُرَّ اللَّهَ شَيْئًا وَسَيَجْزِ اللَّهُ الشَّاكِرِينَ He recited that verse of the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and Muhammad is a messenger of Allah. Many messengers have passed away before him. If he is uh, if he passes away or is slain in the path of Allah, will you turn back upon your heels? Those who turn back upon their heels, they don't hurt or harm Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the slightest. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will surely re- give reward to those who are grateful. And when he recited this verse, the likes of Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Uthman and other companions, they said that it, it felt to us as if, the pro, as if Allah had revealed this verse to Abu Bakr. In the sense, what he was trying to say is, that is it seemed to us as, as this is the first time we were hearing that verse. Yet it wasn't. Because this is the first time we understood its meaning. We contemplated it. And we understood the, real, the reason for its revelation. And he was the voice of reason then. I mentioned this because a great individual like the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran every soul shall taste death first of all we have to believe that death isn't the end of all life death isn't the ultimate end that's it when you die there's nothing beyond that if every individual if all of the human beings on this planet believed that there was that death was the end of all life there would be chaos reigning upon this world 
Because people wouldn't have this idea that they're going to be resurrected one day. People wouldn't feel as if they're going to be brought to account for the things that they did in this world. There'd be a divine reckoning. If people didn't believe that, chaos would reign. That's why it's imperative that we have to believe in, in death and death being merely a taste, merely a transference. What, does, what is death? Uh, Imam Jalaluddin al-Suyuti rahimahullah ta'ala, he recorded the verdict of the ulama. That he said that death is not a mere annihilation, but it's a type of metamorphosis where the soul, the ruh, is separated from the body like the movement of one dwelling to another. Essentially what he is saying, and analogously he explains that death is a transference from the world of hardship to the world of ease. A world of suffering to the world of luxury. That's what death is. It's a transference. It's a shift. This is why the Prophet described his life, his 63 years upon this earth. As a traveler, he described himself as a traveler. Who is, and he described his life in this world as seeking merely a traveler who stops on his journey and he seeks shade underneath a tree. He came from elsewhere, his destination is elsewhere. And that's how we must live our lives. If we understand that, that hadith of the Prophet if we understand the way the Prophet the way he acted, the way he perceived his life in this dunya, our lives would be so much better for it because we'd have, we take ourselves to account before Allah takes us to account on Yom Al-Qiyamah. How did death come about? In, in Kitab Al-Zuhud, Imam Ahmed Ibn Hanbal rahimahullah ta'ala, he has included the narrations of Imam Al-Hasan Al-Basri rahimahullah ta'ala. Imam Hasan Al-Basri states that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam and his progeny and he created his children, the angels, they expressed much concern about the world being insufficient to accommodate all of the children of Adam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assured them by saying that I shall create death this is mentioned by Ibn Abi Shayba also in his Musannaf. Hearing this, the angels asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they became a little bit disturbed. And they remarked that if you create death for all of them, that wouldn't it instill fear in the lives of the progeny of the, cho the children of Adam? And wouldn't it remove completely the pleasure of life? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then said to the angels that I shall create hope. And ambition hope and ambition while they're here that they can if they live their lives in accordance with my teachings in accordance with my divine laws if they seek to please me then the ultimate end for them will never come because they will live on live on in Jannah live on in luxury live on with uh, with their dreams being fulfilled and that's why it's important for us to, to understand the reality and the concept of death. Right? When, when uh, we're so engrossed in our worldly pleasures 
that the remembrance of death is the last thing upon our minds. The only times we remember death are when someone close to us passes away. Or we have to read the janazah prayer of somebody else. And you see how quickly that moment comes. That one minute he's dad, one minute he's father, one minute that's mother. And as soon as that individual takes his or her last breath, what does he or she become? The mayit, the deceased. That's how quick it is. Our remembrance of death is merely restricted to that. To that. When a close one passes away, we mourn for a few days. If we love them more, a few weeks, a few months. But eventually, a time comes when we begin to forget them. When we move on. They are memory of the past. That's how quick it is. That transference from one life to the next. And we don't think to ourselves that we're burying them today six feet underneath the ground and one day our time is going to come when we too are gonna, going to be buried here. Instead we live our lives in trivial pursuit. Arguing over things that realistically when we enter the qabr we're going to look back and then it will be too late. And we're going to say, did I really do that? Did I really say that? Did I spend so many years focused on something, focusing my energy on something that was displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Did I really do that? Why? But then the time of questioning ourselves and bringing ourselves to account will be over. The Prophet sallallahu was asked, and, 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 and listen to this. The, the Prophet ﷺ was asked about the aqyas. Who is the most aqyas among the companions? Who is the most wisest among the companions? And the Prophet ﷺ said, The one who remembers his death often, that's the most wisest individual. The one who takes himself to account, knowing that I'm going to die, remembering his death often, that's the most wisest individual. The Prophet ﷺ also said in a hadith reported by Sayyidina Abu Hurair that increase frequently remember the destroyer of pleasures and the destroyer is one of the names of death because it destroys your pleasures. You have dreams and you have ambitions, you have hopes but when that ruh is separated from the body that's it, those dreams, hopes go away, reality six, 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 you know, comes into being. And that's when we realize that, you know, this life, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to this life as وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاءُ الْغُرُورِ That this life is but a mere illusion. This is why the Prophet sallallahu said أَنَّاسُ The people are asleep. When they die, that's when they wake up. Because we're going to wake up from what? From our own ghafla. We're going to wake up from our own selves. And we're going to realize that I was asleep for 60 years, for 70 years. I was engaged in that which is not going to benefit me in the slightest. And it's important that we remember that now. This is a short period of time that we have. Short period. Yesterday you were born, tomorrow you will die. That's literally how quickly it is. We talk about pa time passing so quickly. 
Every year I hear the same thing. You know what it is? This Ramadan was the quickest Ramadan in our lives. This, is the, this Ramadan was the quickest Ramadan. It passed by most quickly. That's going to happen next year. It's going to pass even quicker than this year. Then we're going to say this Ramadan. And that's going to continue until one day we're not going to have any Ramadans left. As in we're going to pass away. So time is passing us by so quickly. If you don't take account of yourselves now, we don't take account of ourselves now. And we don't remember that one day that we're going to be placed underneath the ground. Then there's going to come a time when Allah is going to take account of us. Allah is going to take us to account. How, how, how much? And we have to question ourselves that how much do we, do we actually remember death and how much do we prepare for death? Because there's a preparation that goes behind it, right? You know, when you have your exams, the students say, Either they've had their exams and in the process of having their exams or they're going to have their exams. I think they've already had them in university. What do you do? Do you go into your exam just like, do you, and is an exam day just like any other day? Or do you prepare for it differently? Of course you prepare for it differently. You prepare, don't you? An intelligent student is the one who prepares for his exams well in advance. He doesn't leave it to the last day, last minute revision. Stay up the last night. Oh, don't worry, I'll leave it to the last night. That's not an intelligent student. That's a lazy student. An intelligent student is the one who prepares. Well in advance. Knowing that day is going to come and it's coming ever closer. And I've got to prepare for those exams and I've got to do well. In exactly the same way, an intelligent individual referred to by the Prophet wasallam is one who remembers his death often. And by remembering it, he prepares for it. He knows that the day is going to come when he's placed underneath the ground. And he has to live for that time. He has to ensure that what he does now benefits him then. Everything is going to go away. Now there's a, there's a hadith um, that I was reading the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentioned regarding uh, the three that will follow um, in the cave is narrated by Sayyidina abu um, Sayyidina abdullah ibn abu bakr that he heard, he said that i heard um, anas ibn malik radiyallahu ta'ala and say that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that the dead person is followed by three he's followed by his family he's po- he's followed by his wealth and he's followed by his deeds as in, they follow him to the grave. They're with him up until he's placed in the ground. Then two of them come back. Two out of those three come back. They leave him. And re- the only thing that remains with him are his deeds. Your family goes. Your wealth dissipates. You know, Today your family is crying over you. Tomorrow they'll be fighting amongst each other for your viratha for your inheritance that you left behind for them. That's how life works. That's how life is. That's how trivial it is. And it's imperative that we prepare for it. Uh, there's, there's, you know, I was, I, I, I was talking to somebody, and I'll, I'll, I'll narrate this to you very quickly, although there's so much more I would like. Inshallah, I want, next week we'll talk about um, the actual death it, it, itself. And how when the ruh is separated from the body, the pain and the agony that one experiences. Yet for the believer, it's a seamless transition from one place to another without any pain. 
with, with, with complete relief from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it becomes a blessing for us. You know, we live our life in accordance with his rulings and, and the path that the Prophet sallallahu told us to take, then we're going to have that seamless transition, that blessed union uh, in, with the next world. However, if we don't, it's going to be excruciatingly painful. And there's no escape from it. You know, people have tried to live longer. People have tried in, throughout history, have attempted to, to live forever and nobody does. Nobody's mastered it yet, right? Become, there's going to come an appointed time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, wherever you're going to be, death will over, overtake you. Even, even, kuntum fi burujin Even if you're built up in fortresses that are built up high, and you think that's going to protect you from death, it's not. It's going to catch up to you. If you're rich, if you're poor, death doesn't discriminate. You know, death doesn't discriminate where you are and where you're from. And, and, and there's this one uh, narration, and it'll just give you some sort of, sort of an understanding how inescapable this reality is. It's narrated on the authority of Kuthayma radiallahu ta'ala, and that once the angel of death, uh, Israel alayhi salam, he, he appeared in the form of a human being in the court of uh, uh, Sayyidina uh, uh, Suleiman, the Prophet Suleiman alayhi salatu wasalam. And, and Suleiman was one of those individuals, one of those prophets of Allah who was blessed with, 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 with ru'ab, with majesty, uh, that he had encapsulated and conquered the entire world and he was ruling the entire world at the time. And in this court of uh, uh, Sayyidina Suleiman alayhi salatu wasalam, Sayyidina Suleiman recognized this man as the angel of death. Uh, and he was gazing intently at the face of one of Suleiman's subjects, one of Suleiman's people, one of his ummatis. And that individual, he asked Suleiman alayhi salatu wasalam, he said to him, that man, that man, O Messenger of Allah, that man who was intently gazing at me, who was that man? And he said, that was, that was angel Israel, the angel of death. And he said to Suleiman, he said, O Messenger of Allah, it felt as if the way he was gazing at me, it felt to me as if he was going to take my life at any moment. And Sayyidina Suleiman said, how can I put you, how can I put your heart at ease? And he said, uh, take me away to the furthest point. Take me away to the furthest point, and the furthest point of the world that came to his mind was Hind, and Hind is, is India. He said, take me away to, to India, and Suleiman uh, uh, ordered uh, a cloud to, to, to take him and, 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 uh, and deliver him to, to, to India. And the angel of death, he came to Hazrat Suleiman والسلام, a while later, and Sayyidina Suleiman asked the angel of death, he said, why did you fix your gaze at that person? Why were you staring intently at one of my subjects, one of my ummatis? And the angel of death looked at Suleiman and he said, without battering an eyelid, he said that I, I was wondering because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered me to take this individual's rule in India. And I was wondering, what is this man doing in your presence? Allah ordered me to take his, his ruh in India and I was wondering and I was thinking to myself, what is this man doing in your presence and how is he going to get to India? 
So it's an inescapable reality. No, no matter how much you try to escape from it, you're never going to be able to do so. So therefore, it's imperative that if it's inescapable, it's imperative that we realize that this reality is going to come. And if we realize that it's one that we each and every one of us is going to experience, that only then can we prepare for it. You see, if we don't give, if universities didn't give people exams, didn't give their students exams, the standards would drop, wouldn't they? Because people wouldn't have that fear. They'd have no preparation for something. They wouldn't learn as required. The exams were placed there to test them. In exactly the same way, if death wasn't there, if death wasn't a reality, then there'd be nothing to work for. Because death is there, as that inescapable reality, we know that time is going to come when something after it is going to happen where we're going to be judged and we're going to be taken to account. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me and you the tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Quran, the blessed sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us uh, a death uh, that is pleasing to him. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our transition from this life to the next uh, as seamless as it possibly can. Wa akhiru ta'awana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.